Welcome to the Wellspring Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message from this Sunday's service. Last week, I I spoke on um, really becoming, uh, well, the title of the message was How to Slay a Giant, and we talked about um, becoming fathers and mothers who raise up powerful sons and daughters, and we talked about how David, he was, he slayed a giant, right? And when he slayed Goliath, Saul said this, he said, whose son is that? Because he knew that has to be somebody who's been fathered well, because he's confident, he's bold, he knows who the Lord is. And, and so I want to, if you didn't, if you did not, if you weren't here last week and you did not get to hear that message, I would encourage you to go and listen to it. Um, I believe it is for right now. I believe it's for this body. I believe it's for this moment in time. Um, and so I want to continue in that vein today. And I want to talk about healing the orphan spirit. And I believe that in our world today is that, um, amen. We love, we love babies, love babies. Um, healing the orphan spirit. I believe that um, today the crisis that we face is that there is a people who don't know who they are. I believe that we have a young generation that's being raised up and I believe there are lots of people and I believe that I believe that there is a um, that there is an agenda to father and mother um, this young generation um, in the wrong spirit. And I, believe, I can't even say that it's fathering, mothering. Is I believe that um, we have to reverse the trend of as fathers and mothers giving up our inheritance and our calling to raise up powerful sons and daughters. Okay, I believe that we have an identity crisis. I believe that the agenda has been to to remove um, what God has said and what God has ordained from young people. And, And I believe, though, that God is reversing this. I believe that he has a solution. How many believe that God has a solution? Amen. Is that um, God is not caught off guard by what's happening in the earth. He's not. He's not confused at all. He's not saying, oh, man, what are we going to (laughs) do? He knows. And I believe today is that what he wants to do is he wants to heal an orphan spirit. And I want to talk about what that looks like. Okay. And last week I talked about us coming into our calling of being mothers and fathers. And um, and so I want to tell you how we get there to be those mothers and fathers. And then I want to give us a practical way, practical picture of what that looks like. Okay. So y'all with me? Y'all ready? Let's, let's journey together in God's word this morning. Let's open up our hearts to what he's saying. This is not just a message to be heard. It is, I believe, a mandate from the Lord to be received. Amen. And so we're not, I, I look for me, as pastor here, I do not want to just have church. I don't, I don't want to just have nice meetings. I want to be who we're meant to be. If you're saying, what's the vision of the Wellspring church? It's this is that we would be the body of Christ and that we would hear his voice, that we would submit to Jesus's leadership and do whatever he tells us to do. All right, that's it. And so it requires us to be a people who pursue him. Did you know God, the Bible says that God is a rewarder of those who diligent, diligently seek him. 
Meaning this is that he loves to give to his children. And he loves whenever you seek it out. He's kind of like, come and see what I've got for you. Because he's relational. He's not like, hey, I'm going to give you a bunch of things to keep you busy so that I don't have to be bothered by you. Instead, he's like, hey, actually come and sit with me. Come and be in relationship with me. And the gift is going to be involved with us being together. It's good, right? All right, so... Let's start. If you have your Bibles, if you have your Bibles, one, I'm proud of you. Um, I'm proud of you even if you don't, but I encourage you to bring it. If it's on a phone, if you have a phone, you have a Bible. You just might not know it. Um, In John chapter one, starting in verse nine, it says this. And it's talking about Jesus. It says the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. So it's setting us up as saying something's coming. And that the, the one who's coming, his name's Jesus, right? He says, he was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. How many of you know um, it's, it's easy to have a wrong picture of who God is? A big part of your life and your walk with God is going to be you shedding the wrong ways of seeing him and embracing who he really is as you see him. That is a big, I think your walk with the Lord is more about him cutting away what's not supposed to be there than you actually getting something else. I believe you are complete in him. The moment you said yes to him is then he's just got some things that he needs to cut off. That's why his, in Hebrews 4, it says, his word is sharper than any double-edged sword. It's alive and active. And, it, and the best translation is it cuts away soul from soul, meaning this, it cuts away the things that have attached themselves to you, the wrong mindsets, the wrong beliefs, the wrong way of thinking, thinking so that you can fully be who he made you to be. Amen? All right, let me keep reading this. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So what was the right that we had once we received him and believed in him? To become a child of God. That was, you have the right to become a child of God. And then... It goes on to say, um, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. And so I want to propose to you that all of create, you know, when the Bible says that we were made in the image of God, it was this is that his idea for the earth and for humanity was sonship. His idea was that sons and daughters, knowing who they are in him, would become mothers and fathers. His idea was family. It was the Father, Son, Holy Spirit that existed before the earth. And I believe if, if I could imagine in my own mind, they're sitting around a table and maybe they're drinking some good coffee and playing cards. And they said, this is amazing what we have here this relationship. And maybe someone says, what if, what if we had sons and what, what if we multiplied this relational thing here? And so God made Adam and Eve and he walked with him in the cool of the day and he gave him free choice. He gave him the ability to create. And we we know the story. I don't want to go down a long path. You know the story, but God's intent was always Family. It was always sons and daughters, mothers and fathers. That was it. 
And I believe that, um, you know, I remember a couple of years ago, I began preaching on sonship. And I remember there were some, some people who like got really offended and thought like, there's so much more than this. And, and we were saying like this, why, why are we talking about this? And I'd say this, if we miss this, if we miss learning our identity and talking about sons and daughters, that we have missed one of the biggest foundational elements of the gospel and the kingdom that there is. Is that we, if, if we don't understand this, we are simply spinning our wheels and just doing to do. Okay, because God's idea of relationship with you, you know, we had the thing is it's about relationship, not religion. You know, that became a popular statement. The truth is relationship looks like sons and daughters. That's with with a heavenly father. So I want to say this sons being a son and a daughter is your identity. That is your identity. Being a mother or father is your calling. Sons and daughters make great mothers and fathers. But I believe that any part of our lives that is absent from healthy relationship with God, where we know that we're sons and daughters, I believe it leaves us feeling orphaned. Um, I, I'm going to expound on that, but I want to just say that. All right. Y'all good? Y'all with me? All right. John chapter 17, verse 6 through 8, this is Jesus. He said, Father, I have manifested who you really are and have revealed you to the men and women that you gave me. They were yours and you gave them to me and they have fastened your word firmly to their hearts. And now at last they know everything I have is a gift from you. And the very words you gave me to speak, I have passed on to them. They have received your words and carried them in their hearts. They are convinced that I have come from your presence and they have fully believed that you have sent me to represent you. Jesus came and he revealed the father. He was a son. He taught us how to be a son and he showed us who the father was. So if you were saying, what did Jesus come? We know that Jesus came to ultimately die on the cross and he um, set us free from the penalty of sin. But in that he showed us what living free from sin and living according to who we really are looks like. You know, in, the, in that day that Jesus came, it had been 400 years since God had spoken. Since we, we see in the book of Malachi, the last book of the Old Testament, um, we see God say this. He said, um, I'm sending you the prophet Elijah. And what is he going to do? He's going to turn the hearts of the children to the parents and the hearts of the parents to the children. I believe it was through Jesus that he came to begin the restoration of sonship. And so it was the last thing God said, and then he sent Jesus. Right? And so, again, I want to say this to you, is that your identity is sons and daughters. Your calling is to become a mother and father. Let me show you what that looks like. Okay, so Jesus came and displayed that to us. He proved to us this is what the Father is about. In that day in Israel, they saw God as distant. They knew the rules. And Jesus came talking about God as Father, and they were offended by him. And he said this is that Jesus told the Pharisees, he told the religious people, you don't know him. You don't know him. If you knew him, you would know me. And what was he saying? He's saying it's too easy 
It's too easy for us to get caught up in the doing and all this and to lose sight of who the Father really is. Is that your Jesus, he knew everything that he would do was a result of the Father already doing it. As a son, he knew this. If the Father's doing it, I'm doing it. He's not asking me to do anything apart from him. You know, before Jesus ever did a miracle, before he ever turned the water into wine, before he ever healed a leper, um, this is what happened is he was baptized by John the Baptist. He humbled himself and he was baptized. And as he was baptized, you see um, the Holy Spirit descend on him and the voice of the father says, this is my beloved son in who I am well pleased. So the father was pleased with him before he ever did a single thing before he ever began his ministry. But it was actually the validation of the father and the words of the father that launched Jesus into who he was supposed to be and into his ministry. Many times we are trying to step into who we think or know we're supposed to be without the validation of the father saying who we are. And, that, and what happens is that is we become busy and we become striving and we become burnout. That's what happens. It's what gives us a form without the power. So let me let me give you some roles of sons versus fathers. So, but before I do that, you we are we constantly live in a balance of growing as sons and daughters, so we can give as mothers and fathers. So it's not like you have graduated. Well, now I'm just I'm, I'm a father now, and I'm no longer a son. No, you are always a son. And as you receive from the Father, you learn to give as a father. Okay, y'all with me? There's a progression. There's a progression of growth that should happen in our lives. So sons versus fathers. Sons receive, fathers give. Sons are free, and fathers point to destiny. Okay? Sons are free. They're free from sin. They're free from restriction of um, obligation to any other voice than the Father's voice in their life. They're free to live. They're free to, free to be who they really are. Freedom not to do whatever they want, but it's a freedom to become who they're called to be. Okay? And what fathers do is fathers point sons and daughters to who they really are. They're always pointing to identity and destiny. Okay. Number three, sons are powerful and fathers in power. All right. We're going somewhere. All right. Romans chapter eight, verse 14 through 17. Let me repeat those before I read that sons receive fathers, give sons are free. Fathers point to destiny. Sons are powerful and fathers in power. Romans 8 says the mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. And you did not receive the spirit of religious duty leading you back into fear of never being good enough. But you have received the spirit of full acceptance 
enfolding you into the family of God. And you will never feel orphaned, for as he rises up within us, our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection, beloved Father. For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers in our innermost being, you are God's beloved child. And since we are his true children, we qualify to share all his treasures, for indeed we are heirs of God himself. So this is saying this, is that you have been fully accepted. And it's the role of the Holy Spirit to remind you and to make real to you of your sonship and God's fatherhood. So the moment in your life where you feel like unworthy and you feel I'm not this or I'm not that, the Spirit of God is coming alongside of you and wanting to remind you this is who you are and this is who he is. And this is the kind of father he is. And maybe for you, as I'm talking, maybe you're having a hard time grasping the idea of fatherhood because maybe it's never been displayed for you really well. And I know that is real for a lot of people. And I think for everyone in the room, I, I bet that you probably had a, you probably, if you may have had a father that was amazing, but I'm sure there was still shortcomings. Or maybe you could be in the room, and I'm saying, I, I want to speak to mothers and fathers, but I am pointing, I am today wanting to speak to men and to the fathers because I'm wanting to call us higher. Because I, I believe when fathers are walking how they're supposed to walk, that I believe it affects the family. I believe it affects every part of our culture and our society. Okay? But this is for everybody, mothers and fathers. But I believe even for those who are great mothers and fathers in the room, you're aware. As hard, as maybe as hard as you tried and as much as you gave, you're like, hey, I'm well aware of my shortcomings too. And that's why it's important before we can ever walk fully as a father and a mother, the way that we call to is we have to allow the father to give us a right image of who he is. Because he never, here's the deal, he lacks no thing. And he also withholds no thing from you. He's gentle with you. He's kind. He's present. You know, I, I, I begin to look at, um, let me say this, I didn't realize all the fathers and mothers around me until I started thinking like a son. Until I started thinking, um, I, it's not about me trying to make it all happen on my own. This isn't about my independence. This is actually about, this is me learning to receive. So until I learned how to receive, and, and I actually, I made a list, okay? Can I, can I read a list to you? I made a, a list of some of the people in my life, and I began to think about the fathers in my life, and I began to think about what impact have they give, given me. You see, fathers do this. Fathers give children lenses to, to, in which we perceive life. Okay? I believe more than ever today that fathers and mothers need to be the ones giving right lenses to children when it comes to... Um, I made a list here, too. These are the lenses that we need to give is that um, I can't find it anyways. But lenses when it comes to identity, when it comes to sexuality. Right. When it comes to destiny, when it comes to who they are, they need to be given the, the right lenses from fathers and mothers who have learned to become sons and daughters, who have actually learned to receive from father, from the Lord. Right. Right. Is that. 
Um, that's what a generation needs, is they need people who are willing to stand, men and women, fathers and mothers willing to stand up and give lenses that are correct. And where we can't, we cannot abandon that responsibility. We cannot, we can't afford it. And so the goal for us has to be, I have to learn and I have to lean on the Lord and learn how to be a son or a daughter. So I have something to give as a father or mother, because there are generations that are dependent on it. And I believe, though, that this is what the Lord is wanting to do. This isn't just something, okay, we've got to do this. I believe that we say, okay, Lord, let this happen in us. Let this happen. So I found this list I made. Here's what I realized about me. All right. Is I realized there are places in my life where I've learned to become a son. I've learned to receive. But there are also remnants of an orphan spirit in which I feel like I need the residue of that. I need a father or a mother that can come and can speak into that place. And when I learned to humble myself before the Lord and for and, and, and before mothers and fathers in my life, it gives room for me to be healed from an orphan spirit so that in turn... I can minister to those who are also dealing with that. So let me give a good example. If I am someone who is saying, man, I just really struggle in my finances. I, have, I don't feel like I'm worth much. I don't feel like I know how to manage this. I don't, I, I'm questioning myself here. And my, my initial reaction is from a place of lack. It's because I don't have, I don't, I've no, and so what, what should be my response is I I realize, oh, if I'm in operating from a starting place of lack, I know this, I'm operating as an orphan because if I knew that I was a son, I would know whose I am and I know what inheritance I have. So one, the first thing I do is I go to the Lord and say, Lord, I need, I'm asking that you touch this place in me, change the way I think. Sons are those who have given fathers permission to change the way they think. And so then I learn, I go and I'm looking in life at people, men and fathers and mothers, men and women who have excelled in this area of finances. And I'm saying everything good comes from God. And what they carry is good. And because I'm a son, I'm an heir of that. So I can confidently go up to those mothers and fathers and say, you have something that I need. Will you bless me and impart that to me? That's not selfish. That is sonship. Because the Lord wants to break the whole unworthy thing off of your life where you feel like, well, I'm just not worthy of healing. I'm not worthy of this. I'm not worthy of good friends. I'm not worthy of this. That is the orphan spirit or where you have to form your own identity because nobody ever gave it to you. The right one. Um, so let me let me give you my list. You know, my dad, he's amazing. I don't know. Is my dad here today? I'm not, oh man, I'm calling out my dad. He's not in church. I'm sure he's watching online. But my dad, he gave me my name. My dad taught me hard work. He taught me how to be tenacious. Um, James, my stepfather, who leads our children in the back, he taught me how to have character when no one's looking. All right? My pastor, Pastor Devin, who's a father to me, he, uh, he taught me what it's like to be believed in and have what I couldn't see called out in me. All right? Uh, Mr. Wayne, he taught me what it looks like for a father to be present. He shows up all the time. He's at everything. And I love it. 
um, Mr. Richie Howes in the back, he taught me how to go confidently go after more. Right? Uh, Austin's dad, Mr. Tom, he taught me to be generous with what you have. My mom, she taught me to value the voice of God above everything else. There are people I begin to look at and I begin to say they imparted something to me because I, said, I came and said, what you have is good and I need that. That is the spirit of sonship. The spirit of sonship breaks the orphan spirit. And too often we, are, we live in a way where we feel like we can't come to people. You know, there has been this whole lie for, I believe, for a younger generation. I believe, that, I believe the enemy has tried to distort the role of mothers and fathers, where they come across as people that are tyrants, that are angry, that are just trying to restrict. When the tr- And maybe, that's, maybe it's because we need to change as mothers and fathers, but I also believe it's been the, the enemy that he has tried to distort that. And I believe that he is wanting to raise up healthy sons and daughters that have received so that they can be mothers and fathers that give to a generation that so badly needs to be fathered and mothered. Um, you know, I talked about David last week. He slayed the giant, you know. Um, David, there was this situation whenever um, the prophet Samuel, the Lord said, I want you to go to the house of Jesse, which was David's dad, and I want you to anoint the next king of Israel. And so they go, and at the table there's seven sons, and the first one stands up. And Samuel goes to anoint him because he said, this has got to be the guy. He's tall, he's handsome, he, he looks like a king. And the Lord corrects Samuel and says, hey, what are you doing? He said, you look at outward appearance, but I look at the heart. I believe the Lord is saying, I've got, I'm looking for a son to rise up. I'm looking for someone who's been fathered. And, um, and they go through all seven sons, and the Lord's like, none of them. And so Samuel asked the question. He's like, well, the Lord told me, sent me here. And none of these guys fit the bill. He's like, there must be another son. And so he asked Jesse, the dad, he said, do you have another son? And Jesse's like, oh, David. (laughs) Right? He's out in the field. And Samuel says, go get him. So Samuel comes in. I mean, David comes in. It says that he was young. He's probably 15 or 16. He was... You know, he'd been out smelling like with the sheep. He probably smelled bad, but it says that he had red hair and he was kind of rugged. And, uh, and, you know, and I'm sure he didn't look kingly from the outward appearance. But the Lord says, that's my guy. And I think it's really important. You know, I believe that for some of you, maybe it's your your biological kids. Maybe it's the young people or, or the, the people that the Lord wants to put in your life, the sons and daughters, that it's really important because we could be raising kids that are supposed to be kings. And unless we're leaning into what the Lord says about them, we could fail to call it out. See, Jesse, he didn't know that there was a king in his house. Thank goodness that the Lord sent a father in Samuel 
that said that that was sensitive to the voice of the Lord that said, oh, he's a king. I know he doesn't look it right now. I know he smells bad. I know he doesn't talk right, but there's a king in him. And as a body, I believe that we have to prepare for prodigals coming home that might not smell right or talk right or look right. Maybe your own kids, you're like, there might be something wrong with them. But I believe that there may just be a king in them that the Lord is waiting for you to call out. For some of you, you may be up in age and there may be a king in you that nobody's ever called out. And the truth is the Lord wants to put you in an environment where who you really are and what you're meant to be, it begins to get called out. Accountability, we, that's a big word, I think, in church. I grew up, I was scared of the word accountabil- account- accountability. It's like, you need an accountability partner. I'm like, no. <laughs> but what if accountability is actually that you are being held into account for your abilities and not your disabilities? What if in the church we weren't looking just to tell everybody what they're not or how bad they are? Instead, we're looking for the king inside of them. We're looking for the queen inside of them. That we would allow, we would submit ourselves as sons and daughters and we can be healed of an orphan spirit so that we can raise up a powerful generation of people. It's who we're supposed to be. The Bible says that we are kings and priests in the earth. You're a royal priesthood. I believe it is the moment in time where we are supposed to completely give ourselves to who we really are in the Lord. We, you, some of you have sold yourself short for way too long. And I believe the Lord is raising up mothers and fathers that are going to begin to look at people and say, hey, this is who you are. This is who you are. That thing that you've dealt with, that thing that, that you have called yourself, that's not you. I see this in you. That's what, a, that's what a, a mother and father do, do, is they begin to, to say, hey, this is actually how you carry yourself. This is actually who you are. This is actually what you, all those people are telling you, you have to call yourself this or that, and you have to pick what gender you are, and you have to, do, I believe mothers and fathers need to step up and say, hey, I see who the Lord made you to be, and this is who you are. This is who you are. And how I I know the Lord wants to do that in us is because that's also what the Holy Spirit does. Remember in Romans 8 is that he is reminding us that you are children of God. So the Spirit of God inside of you is for you, reminding you that you are a child of God. The Spirit of God upon you is for others so that you can begin to relay the message. So... Amen. (laughs) Solomon, he was David's son, right? Solomon was, uh, goes on to be the wisest man that ever walks the earth besides Jesus. Um, And Solomon said this, he said, train a child in the way he should go and he won't depart from it. I believe this is what Solomon was saying. He wasn't saying train a child in doing right and wrong and they won't depart from it. How many parents know that like sometimes you train and train and train and they're still knuckleheads? (laughs) I believe it meant this, is that you train them in which way they individually should go. Meaning I see you, 
I see who you are. I see the gifts on your life, and I'm pointing you that direction. I'm surrounding you with people who are like-minded in that way so that you can be raised up in who, who you're called to be. I have to tell this story. Is last, I have my second son, Asher. He's, he's second-born. He's got like the—he's he, definitely had—like I'm, I'm second-born, and, and I always—I know I grew up kind of always feeling like I'm in the shadow of my older brother. I felt like I was always having to try and fight for first place. You know, you're like, ah. And, uh, and he's definitely got that thing in him. And the thing with Asher— is there's many times where he, um, I can see confidence robbed from him. I can see whenever he loses his confidence, it's like he shuts down. But whenever he feels confident, nobody can stop him. He is like, I'm telling you, like my boys that play football together. And yesterday we were having a football game. I could tell Asher was feeling good about himself and he was feeling confident. He was feeling loved. And he... I'll say this, his older brother, who is more athletic and a little bigger build, not too much, but Asher completely shut him down. And I was getting a little frustrated as all-time quarterback. I'm like, this guy keeps swatting away my passes. (laughs) But there was something about where he's carrying a confidence of a son. And then uh, last night, he was in his bed and he was playing a little video game. And He's, he's in the game. He's like tied with this person and they're, he's trying to win. And um, he, he tells himself this and while I'm sitting there. He says, I can do this. He said, I'm John Vadreen's second son. I can do this. I'm awesome. <laughs> and for me, this is what that meant. This meant that he was secure in who his father was because he has had a father that's told him who he is. And he was reminding himself, I'm a son. I can do this. I have identity. I can do this. And when I look at so many people in the world today is they don't carry that. They need fathers and mothers that are saying there's people out there that need some of you to come and grab them and say, hey, let me father you. Let me mother you. And you don't even have to say it like that. You can just begin to call out who they are. There are some people that need to be have someone come alongside them and turn like like we said in the. In Malachi, where he said that the hearts of the parents turn back to their children and the children turn to their parents. We need parents' hearts to begin to turn to people and to children. And I'm saying this goes beyond just biological kids is we need to operate in the spirit of fathers and mothers that are looking for those who have been orphaned in their hearts and who need courage imparted to them. And I believe it's what the spirit of God is doing. It's what the Lord has called us to. How do you change, see transformation happen to a region? This, we step fully into this identity. We receive and we give. Sons receive, fathers give. Right? So Solomon, he said, train a child in the way that he should go. Solomon also said this. He made the statement. He said, when you're at the table of a king... It wasn't if you're at the table. Solomon was raised to be a king. That's why he became a king. He had a mom and a dad that raised him in who he was supposed to be. So would you stand with me? And I want to encourage you in this. I believe for all of us 
There are places in our lives that we need to be healed of an orphan spirit, a place where we feel like without and we feel lack, we feel left out, we feel unseen. It's all those places that the Spirit of God wants to come and He wants to touch. But He also wants you to begin to say, Lord, I need you to give me the heart of a son, to give me the heart of a daughter that is open to the voices of people around me that can speak into me, that can give me the right lenses. Right. So I, I, I'm, I know this is that probably every person in the room, all of this applies to all of us being healed, being a son, a daughter, becoming a mother, father. So can we just come and fully submit to the Lord? Can we say yes to the Lord with what he wants to do? Lord, we love you. We love you. Thank you for your word that's transforming us. I thank you for um, I thank you for being such a good father to us. I thank you for what you're up to in the earth right now. I thank you that you are he- we, we aren't standing back looking saying, oh, it's all falling apart. But I thank you that we are rising up as sons and daughters, becoming mothers and fathers who are bringing healing to a generation. I thank you that you have given us a better word. I thank you that you are giving us insight to begin to show us what to speak over sons and daughters. If for you, if you're here and you're saying, you know what, I've had a hard time receiving as a son or a daughter, because I, I, I don't even know where to begin. I don't know what that looks like. I just want you to begin to offer that to the Lord and say, Lord, teach me, teach me. Just admit, I don't know how to be a son. I don't know how to be a daughter, but I'm willing. You who have felt left out and you have felt unworthy. The truth is the love of the Father today wants to come and minister to that. You who have felt less than, who have felt beneath others, who have felt like you can't, you can't believe for the best, you can't hope for good. You are a son. You are a daughter. Whether you know it, whether you like it or not, it's your, it's your identity. And so today, Jesus, I thank you that you are coming and ministering the Father's heart to every person in the room. The places that have been left undone, the places where identity hasn't been secure, the places where um, there has been doubt and fear, the places where there has been fear of judgment, fear that they're going to get that they're going to be called according to their sin and called according to their mistakes. I thank you that you're healing that right now. I thank you that you're reminding you're reminding your people that they are your beloved, that they have received full acceptance from the Father. Today you need to know you have received you have been fully accepted, which means that you have been fully consecrated as a child of God that you are fully his. There's nothing missing. There is nothing left undone. You're just learning to walk in it. You're learning to walk in it. 
So if that's you today, I want you, can we just put our hands in front of us like you're receiving? I want us to receive his heart. I want to close with this, and this is going to be a little different for us. I know there's a lot of people here, but I, I want, I believe that it's significant for us to respond to what the Lord is saying and to the call of the Lord, right? So can we do this as a church? I want us to respond to the Lord and give him our yes. So I don't want to ask everybody to come up to the altar unless you feel like it, but I want you to make some sort of movement towards what the Lord's calling us to do. If for you, that's, I need to just step out of my seat and take a step up in faith. Like, I feel like we need to do a physical response that is making a spiritual declaration. Can we do that today? So if that, if for you, you say, listen, I want to respond to one saying, I am learning to be a son or daughter so that I can walk as a father or mother. I want you to just get out your seat and take a step forward. Can we do that? Go ahead. You do it. Let's do it. If that's you as a church, we commit to saying, Lord, this is who we are. This is who we are. And if you are close to somebody, could you just put your hand on their shoulder? And I want us to pray for each other and bless each other. But I'm just here to declare that we are stepping into a season as a body that for this community, that we are responding to the call. That we're responding to the call. And I believe that the Lord is anointing you. He's anointing you for this. So, Lord, right now, we just thank you. I thank you for the people in the room. Yeah, just begin to to bless the person. Just begin to speak over their lives. So, Lord, we thank you. Thank you. We say yes to you. Thank you. We say yes to what you're saying and what you're doing. Thank you that uh, we are your beloved, that we are yours, fully yours. And that as we receive from you, Lord, we get to give it away to a generation that needs identity, that needs to know their destiny, that needs to know their worth. So we say yes today in Jesus name, in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Thank you for tuning in to our Sermon of the Week. For more information, please visit us at thewellspringchurch.org.